Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh shit, motherfucker. Are you supposed to start your first podcast of the new year with some immediate vulgarity? I hope so. That's what I've just done. What's up, you Jones? Now listen, I know. Well, actually, I guess nobody really gives a fuck, you know, about what I'm about to say. Because, you know, I did two weeks in a row of solo pods because it was Christmas and New Year's. And then I came back this week and I was going to do a pod with Tom McCaffrey, who's been in the pod many times, but he's in Hawaii visiting his sister. And then I saw Maddie Smith, a great comic who's been on the pod, and she posted no pod this week for hers. And I was like, you know what? At least I'm doing a pod, Maddie. <laughs> Anyways, what's up, you Jones? The keen-eyed listener will uh, notice I just uh, made a new cover art for the podcast. Wow, that's something, huh? The Danny Palmer Show cover art has changed. Literally zero people on the planet were interested in that occurring, yet it has occurred. <laughs> oh, dude, okay. Before I get into this, um, I got to So Caroline Haynes, she's a great comic too. She's been on the pod before. Uh, she texted me over Christmas, New Year's, and I was like, hey, are you, you going to be back in New York this weekend? She goes, no, I have to stay in West Virginia until Friday. And then I came up with this like character. It's like a, it's kind of like a Southern. Well, here, I'll just do the character and you can probably figure out what it is. So this is what I, the voice note that I left her when she told me. She was staying in West Virginia until Friday. Well, Caroline, this is your grandmother. And you know we love you. And we're just so happy to see you for Christmas. And we know you're anxious to get back on the road up there to New York City. But your Uncle Johnny's going to need some help in the yard first. And I think you know what that means. So we love you, darling. <laughs> it's a Southern Grandma Jelaine Maxwell. I started watching that documentary on Jelaine Maxwell. It's not Jislaine, dude. Okay? Nobody's jizzing on Lane. You got to leave that S out of there, kid. Jelaine Maxwell. Anyways, well, Danny, now that you've introduced me as a character, do you mind if I ask you if you're, you're coming over this weekend? You know your grandma needs some affection. Grandma, Jesus Christ. No, I am not. No, no, no. That's not what this is. Well, if you want any sort of inheritance, I'm going to need you to touch my... Touch my titty. <laughs> Every time I say a word like titty or something, I'm like, is this offensive to women, Danny? Are you being a dickhead? And then I'm like, dude, it's ridiculous. What you're doing right now, Danny, is just ridiculous. Dude, I know this is like a common topic, but the the scrubs that decide to go to the gym like two days into the new year, that really fucks my shit up, man. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what day of the, of the calendar it is, you know? You've got one physical body for your limited time on earth. People should be caring for it all year long besides getting brown out drunk on New Year's Eve. Didn't do that. Relax. But today it's Tuesday and, you know, I had to go to the, I want to go to the gym and I knew if I went after work, the treadmills will be all taken. So then I got to eat dinner, sit around my apartment, then go to the gym at like fucking 10, dude. Not 10, like 9, 10, 930. But still then you don't want to go. It sucks to run when you have like a full stomach and it's like if we could just keep these scrubs away from the gym just don't go to the gym if you're going to start on january 1st or 2nd just continue to not work out i mean look let's be honest you're going to bail in a couple weeks anyways bro don't fucking take up the fucking treadmills at a prime hour just kidding now danny that's not very nice at all you should be supportive of people that are trying to improve themselves you're right grandma well you're encouraging sex trafficking across state lines Let's not call it that. It's just it's just a different kind of affection is all. 
some song I heard the other day. It said, tell my PO I'm in Rio. That's a good line. I put that on my little notes, my little podcast notes. Is that lame that I take down notes for my podcast? <laughs> what a loser. Just walking like in the, through the subway uh, like station. If, if something comes up, I'm like, oh, I could say that on the pod. I'm just like typing podcast notes on my phone. I guess that's good. It's creative. It's weird. You're a loser. Granny, be nice. I don't know if you guys watched uh, Glass Onion, the um, Knives Out sequel. Like, honestly, I it's like two hours long. And these murder mystery plots, dude, I, I just, I don't care. Like, the first 45 minutes to an hour, I tried to pay. And b- by the time it was like 90 minutes in, I honestly didn't care. I don't care which one of you did a bad thing. I'm just watching this for the, like, jokes, you know? And they, they did have some pretty good jokes in there. They talked about Jared Leto had a, a hard kombucha. <laughs> Jared Leto's hard kombucha. That's kind of great. Also, I was watching Jeopardy. Did you guys know that South Africa has three capitals? What? That's insane. Well, you ever been over there, Danny? You ever been over there in South Africa? No, I've never I've never, um, never been. Danny, why don't you come here and sit down between my legs and just get a little comfy? Grandma, you've got to stop talking. My friend Walker, she's a comic down in Atlanta. She sent me a text. She goes, Happy New Year, Danny. Hope you get all the girls and all the gin your little heart desires in 2023. Thank you, Walker. She's very nice. Walker has a, a, a kind of unique way of uh, pinpointing my foibles and eccentricities and quirks and flaws and just like putting them in a concise text. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fuck you. I mean, thanks. Oh, all right. So Maureen Dowd, she's like my favorite columnist. She wrote this column about uh, Charles Dickens and how I kind of noticed this this year, too. There's all these like or every year, I guess there's all these like Charles Dickens movies and Paul Giamatti was in a Verizon commercial where he was being Charles Dickens, shit like that. Um, So she did some like she talked to a folklore and mythology expert at Harvard, uh, Maria Tater, Tatar Tater. Do you ever leave your flashlight on your phone for like 10 minutes and you're like, is that burning that up? I, I should turn that off. Anyways, Maria Tatar, Tatar, this folklore expert. Um, I love that this quote, she was talking about like Charles Dickens and mythology and stuff. She was, I always think of make believe as a way of making beliefs. Dickens understood the deep human need for myth, fantasy, and imagination. And then continuing Elda Rador, Rotor, what are all these People have like five, wait, one, two, three, yeah, five letter last names with two vowels scattered throughout. The, that's annoying. Elder Roeder, a vice president and publisher for Penguin Classics, said that Dickens is a, is a steady seller and that a Christmas carol perfectly fits the definition of a classic book, acting as a bridge from how you relate to the past to how you forge forward. I thought that was pretty great, you know? Do you know anything about uh, Christmas Carol, past, present, future, the ghost? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 got it, got it, got it, got it. But it actually is a pretty valuable lens with which to uh, see your life through or evaluate your life, you know? Like Amy Poehler's book, what is it called? Yes, Please, I think. She's raising her hand on the cover. She talks about how she likes to time travel, quote unquote, where she'll think back on different periods in her life and use that context and perspective to gain a better sense of who she is today and the things she's learned, the things she's appreciated and like, you know, and that's kind of like what they do in a Christmas Carol too. time travel through different parts of your life. And then use that to inform how you view yourself today and the decisions you're going to make moving forward. Instead of just being like, Oh, got to eat breakfast now. You know what I mean? That's it. That's just sick, dude. I like that kind of stuff. Okay. I also read this huge article about a uh, Bitcoin's parent company, 
What's it called again? Fucking, I, you know, God damn it. Bite dance. That's right. <laughs> I could edit that out, but fuck it. Uh, anyways, there was this snippet. I thought that was kind of funny. They were talking about, uh, you know, bite dance is based in China and then they'll have like us workers at TikTok, and they'll, they'll visit the Beige- Beijing headquarters. So for the foreign employees at bite dances, Beijing headquarters, the role of cultural translator was an unavoidable part of the job. When ByteDance tried to internationalize one of its short video products, uh, the one of the former employees recalled, he was called in to consult. In China, the product was known as, I don't know how to pronounce this, Zigua Shipen, which translates to watermelon video. And the internationalization team announced that they had chosen an overseas name, Ripe Melons. <laughs> he was like, you can't call it Ripe Melons. They said, why? The, the Beijing people were like, why? I said, just trust me, you can't. They thought it was a great name. I said, melons are a slang word for women's breasts. They're like, no, it's melons that are fresh. These these melons are ripe, dude. They're delicious. The product was eventually the product was eventually named Buzz Video. Ah man. But if I was BuzzFeed, I'd be kind of mad about Buzz Video. But like, can you guys just change that back to ripe melons, please? That was kind of funny. All right. Uh, and then Zhang, I guess this is the guy that uh, founded. Bite dance. He seems like a pretty, uh, I don't know, cerebral, creative, uh, thoughtful person. Um, he was talking about facing reality. He said, Zhang replied that failing to face reality always created problems for people. The best way to predict the future is to create it, but only if you face it. Oh, that's kind of deep, you know? Because sometimes you don't want to like face shit that's uncomfortable, but you have to face the uncomfortable reality to make the better future. Huh? That's something. Another thing I read, you guys, I'm just kind of running through these like things that I captured down and stuff. Now, Danny, why don't you slow down a little bit, maybe tell them a story about how when you was a teenager, you used to come over to your grandma and grandpa's house down there in Fort Myers, Florida, and sit a spell up back in her patio, and the ducks would be on the pond, and we'd be fishing. And... Grandma, that, none of that happened. Just just take your shirt off while you're talking. No, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, yeah, okay, this is an interview with the Saints coach, Dennis Allen. Um, before the horrific Monday Night Football thing this week. Jesus, just makes you reevaluate wanting to watch football at all. Um, he was talking about this game in Cleveland when the Saints played the Browns, and he goes, it's going to be cold for everybody. Let's don't make too big a deal out of it. Let's go play a game, and let's go try to win. But yet there's been a lot of advancement in warm weather gear, and the last thing I want is somebody out there looking like the damn Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a definitely a good way to piss your coach off. You're playing in an NFL game. It's cold and you're just too, you have too many layers on. I don't want to be cold out there, dude. You have no mobility or motion available to you, but you're super warm. It's like, dude, this isn't your sport, bro. I thought that was kind of funny. The damn Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Uh, I watched, uh, I might have mentioned this earlier. I watched one of the Brene Brown Courage to Change specials um, before I went down to Atlanta for Christmas. And I love this quote that she said in it. She goes, be brave with your life. Oh, you know, like the the man in the arena quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Um, you know, he respects the, the person in the arena with blood, sweat, and toil on their face versus the timid souls that sit outside the arena and know neither victory nor defeat. High level view of that quote. She goes, be, be brave with your life lived in the arena because you're going to get your ass kicked. Like if you're out there trying to advance, trying to do great things, you're going to fail and it's going to be embarrassing. It reminds me of like first 
I don't know, three to five, six years in stand up when you're like, oh, I'm going to be good at this, dude. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm talented. I'm fucking funny. And then you just completely fucking tank. I always describe that feeling as like getting kicked in the teeth. Like, ah, oh, dude, that is really bad. But, you know, if you're brave enough to get on that stage, if you're brave enough to ask for a promotion, whatever it, it may be, you're going to fucking lose sometimes, dude. You're going to feel stupid, but whatever. Keep going. All right. Uh, my friend, I don't know if she wants me to say her name. She probably doesn't care, but just in case. I went to college at Mercer University down there in Macon, Georgia. Danny, is that where you got this southern accent from? Well, Granny, maybe. Uh, down there in Macon, Georgia. And, you know, some of my friends got married, have kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're all like in our fucking mid to late 40s. Fuck you. Uh, and they like have like nice houses and live in like, you know, suburban Savannah, say, or Atlanta, say. And then me and some of my other friends, we didn't have kids. <laughs> And one of my female friends said that people would always tell her that she was going to regret it, not having kids. And she was like, nope, no regret, no regrets yet. And it's like, yeah, it's like some people, not all people, there's plenty of parents that are understanding and empathetic, but some people are like, oh, well, you need to make the decision that I made to validate me. That's more important than what you want in life. Because if you take a different path in life, then that could provide me with insecurity because like, oh, well, what if... What if my decision wasn't right? And it is right for you, dude. If you don't have kids, it's great. But this attitude towards, you know, if you don't have get married and have kids, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you like me? Come on. Let's be a little more confident than that, you know? Let's support each other's decisions, you guys. Okay. Well, Danny, you know me and your grandpappy always supported you when you went out there to Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. And we, we was a little scared for it. It's a pretty small town. But you did all right. You did just fine. Thanks, Granny. Now, I want you to lick the back of my ear. What? Oh, uh, my friend Asha, she hates when I talk about space. Guess what, Asha? This is going to be a space piece of the podcast, dude. I mean, come on. If you didn't like space before, looking at the amazing results of the James Webb Space Telescope, the JWST, as I like to call it, that it's sending back to us, it's completely, completely insane. If you look at some of the side-by-side images of what the Hubble could see versus what the JWST can see, it's just... You, like I don't even know the degree better it is but like many 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 more galaxies are visible they've got all these fucking researchers doing all these separate projects based on the data from the telescope and they all like meet in these conferences and like tell each other updates on their data and this thing just got started like a year ago and it's oh my god dude, it's so cool it's so cool I was reading that perhaps the biggest surprise from the web telescope so far involves events in the early millenniums of the universe Galaxies appear to have been forming, generating, and nurturing stars faster than battle-tested cosmological models estimated. How did galaxies get so old so fast? Asked Adam Reese, a Nobel physics laureate and cosmologist from Johns Hopkins University who dropped in for the day to that conference I was talking about. Exploring that province, Cosmic Spring, as one, astro- as one astronomer called it. That's what they're doing. Cosmic Spring, when shit was real fucking old, dude. What was it like then? And why? I mean, it's already like their models were way off. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's crazy that they, they did all this studying for all these years. Then they get a better fucking telescope, better fucking binoculars, you know, set of binoculars, essentially. Like, ah, oh, these new binoculars, dude, we were way off. Um, it takes time for matter to cool down and get dense enough to ignite stars, noted Emma Curtis Lake of the University of Hertfordshire and a member of the Jades team. That's some acronym for some fucking shit they're doing, dude. 
The rate of star formation peaked when the universe was 4 billion years old, she added, and has been falling ever since. The cosmos is now 13.8 billion years old. So isn't that kind of interesting? So if it's around 14 billion years old, the star formation peaked to 4 billion, slowing down. So what happens now? Is it just going to stop forming? And all the stars and all the galaxies are like going farther and farther away from each other or from us at the speed of light. <sighs> what? Do you know that like eventually at some point there will be no stars in our sky because all the stars will have progressed so far beyond our visibility? Isn't that crazy? Dude, that's not going to be fun. I don't want to be on Earth and that happens. You're just like looking up like, fuck, dude. <laughs> this is scary. Let's just go back inside. Okay, so that Christmas Eve uh, storm that hit Buffalo and upstate New York, everywhere really, but I think over like 40 people died, which is awful. I, dude, I had to fly down to Atlanta a day early because of that blizzard. I was like, there's a blizzard? Uh, I got to be my flight? So then I was in Atlanta for a full week, which is fun. I had a great time, but it's like, I felt weird just like imposing on my family a day early. Like, uh, sorry, there's a blizzard in New York. I had to come down right now. <laughs> Anyways, I was reading this article about how amid the chaos of the storm, there were also moments of astounding grace. This is somewhere in the Buffalo area. On Christmas Eve, I don't know how to say this one's name, Shai Kyra Autry found a 64-year-old man crying and disoriented in the snow, according to videos she posted on Facebook. Her partner, whom she identified only as Trent, carried the man into their home. They called emergency services, she said, but no help came. I mean, it's a blizzard. They can't get there. The man, whom a friend, whom a friend identified as Joe White, an intellectually disabled man who worked for 40 years at the North Park Movie Theater in a GoFundMe account set up for his medical care, had become lost in the storm. Wait, what? At the North Park Movie? In a GoFundMe? Okay. So the GoFundMe paid him to work at the movie theater? Oh, no. The GoFundMe set up his medical care. I don't know. Whatever. So this guy, intellectually disabled, lost in a blizzard. Jesus, that's so tragic. So she said, when I found he had bags frozen to his hands, I had to cut the bags off his hands because his hands had ice bricks. She is seen on video telling rescuers. It's going to get better. Hang in there. They arrived on Christmas after she posted on Facebook, desperately seeking medical attention for the man who had severe frostbite. I had to cut off his socks. I washed him up and fed him. She said to rescuers who plowed her driveway and took the man to the hospital. She turned to the man. Come on, Joey. Don't cry. I'm here. She said to him. I'm your friend forever. Dude, that makes me cry. On Sunday, the marquee of Northside was lit up. Thank you, Shy, Kyra, and Trent. It read, get well soon, Joe. That's so sweet, dude. Oh, my God. When sweet things like that happen, like even at the, you know, the terrible tragedy at the Bengals game, when the Bengals fans were clapping for the Bills players as they were going off the field, like that's the, like little moments of grace like that in life especially when they're unexpected and kind of come out of nowhere. It's just really touching. All right, Danny, are you crying in your own podcast? You're sitting in your apartment crying, you fucking loser. Grandma, why are you going to be mean? It's not nice. Well, you know, I just don't like it. <laughs> Apparently, I can now put ads in my podcast, but uh, I guess I have enough listeners, but it's like, oh, you can't put an ad in there if the episode is shorter than like 22 minutes or something. So I'm like, am I supposed to do 23-minute episodes just so I can put an ad in there? I mean, you know, it's like early stages of a growing podcast. Like, it's not going to be like an ad from Verizon. <laughs> You're not going to hear fucking, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. You're not going to hear Paul Giamatti doing a Verizon ad on this podcast anytime soon. You know, it's just like other people that have podcasts. <laughs> but it's cool to listen to their ads. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to listen to that. But just, you know, 
if you hear an ad in this podcast and it's telling you to go listen to another podcast, obviously don't go listen to that. Just keep listening to this one. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I wonder if you can get banned from having ads in your podcast if you're shitting on the ads. All right. That comment is now over. Uh, I also read this article about learning and curious college students. And, you know, not even just college students, but having a curious approach to life. This was written by a college professor who said, in more than 20 years of college teaching, I have seen that students who are open to new knowledge will learn. Students who aren't, won't. But this attitude is not fixed. The paradoxical union of intellectual humility and ambition is something that every student can, with help from teachers, counselors, and parents, and should cultivate. It's what makes learning possible. I love that paradoxical union of intellectual humility and ambition. It's kind of like, you know, getting your teeth kicked in stand up or trying to do something, put, you know, get in the arena. Like I have ambition and then you're just going to get destroyed by some way smarter professor or way smarter classmate and, you know, or a smart senior executive at your company. It's like, whatever, dude, stick with the ambition, fucking learn what you don't know and keep going. Um, okay, continuing this article, they say to overcome careerism and knowingness. I'm oh, sorry, I should have explained what knowingness is. Knowingness is this like, if you didn't know it already, sorry, but it's like this it, philosophical concept about like having to feel like you know things to have the sense of security, this like base of like confidence. And but you know that's not intellectually humble, and that's not a road to learning things. Just a road to putting up a wall. To overcome careerism and knowingness and instill in students a desire to learn, schools and parents need to convince students, and perhaps themselves, that college has more to offer than job training. You're a worker for only part of your life. You're a human being, a creature with a powerful brain throughout it. Yeah, dude. I remember that, going to college down there in Mercy University, Macon, Georgia. I had several professors that they would always say that. Like, you're in college for four years, five years, whatever. You know, you can like skate by and get C's and get your diploma and get out of here, but you're going to be stuck living your life for the rest of, you know, your life. <laughs> wow. Did I go to college? Um, so it's up to you, you know, you can skate by, just watch fucking, I'm just watching a hockey game, just leaning back, but that's not fun. It's fun to be intellectually curious and a lifelong learner. What, what is this? A fucking, was this reading rainbow, Danny? Dude, what are you doing, dude? You're hoping to build a national and global following for your comedy and you're just advocating for reading, dude? <laughs> Not the world's coolest comic by any means. Hey, look, I'm 20 seconds away from being able to put an ad in this. That'll probably pay me like $6. So just fucking deal with it, dude. Um, if you're going to be in Tampa, Florida, the weekend of January 20th, actually in St. Pete, um, I'm going to be opening for Julio Gallarotti, the co-host of Oops! The Podcast. Julio's the fucking man. He went to Afghanistan. He's a brave motherfucker. He's hilarious. We did shows down there uh, a few months ago at Coastal Creative, which is a beautiful venue. And the people that work there are passionate about comedy and the arts, and they're wonderful. Um, that's going to be going down Friday, January 20th at 730. I have links to the ticket in my bio on Instagram if you want to come down to that. I'm also going to be opening for him in Atlanta and Rhode Island in April. Other shit's going on, dude. It's going to be lit. It's going to be a sick fucking year, dude. All right. You know what I'm saying? Well, honey, I don't know if any of that's going to happen because you're going to have to be giving your... All right, I'm, I don't want to... I don't know why I made her, like, flirty with me. She's supposed to be flirty with somebody else. You know what I mean? I, I made her Caroline's grandma. That's funny to me. 
someone else's grandma is like a Jelaine Maxwell to them. But why, why would I turn that on myself? That's stupid. All right. Yeah, dude. Danny Palmer NYC, uh, Black Hat every Friday night. And um, we partied at Joey Rose's right next door, 174 Rivington. It's fun. You should come. Joe DeRosa owns it. He's cool. He's funny. Check out his comedy, too. Uh, I'm, I'm just talking to talk. This is stupid, Danny. Go to bed. It's midnight. Yeah. Thank you for listening.